good to be in the house of God. What, what a worship experience I had right there. I don't know about you, but I had an experience and uh, did my heart good. We're going to sing one more song. We're going to sing Amazing Grace. There's a purpose in that song today, but let's just sing first verse of Amazing Grace. Can you do that with me? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch. Thank you, Lord. Once was what? Lost, but now I'm. I was once blind, but now I. Ooh, isn't that good news? Lord, we're so thankful for your amazing grace. Lord, thank you for saving us when we were lost. Thank you for keeping us in this great process of salvation. We love you today, Lord. Open up our hearts to your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Someone asked me when I came in this morning, they said, what's the title of your message? I said, all I wrote on the top of my notes is a word for everyone. I've got a word today for everyone. And listen to me. When you hear it, grab it. Plant it in your heart. Do not let the enemy steal it. He's waiting on you right out those doors. He wants to steal the word that's about to come to you. And do not let the world choke this word out of your life, all right? I believe we've got some responsibility there. The Lord has brought me here today, and I've prayed for this service. If you came to hear Pastor Jeff, again, let me apologize to you. He's not here today. But I promise you, the Lord has you here for a reason. And he has a word for everyone in this place today. For those that are watching online, God has a word for you. Uh, I take your attendance in this service very seriously. I know God had you tune in for a reason. So stay right with us. God's got a word for you. You notice This paraphernalia I have beside me, all of this is going to be used in this message here in just a moment. I've got a little illustration that I'm going to share with you, and I probably won't get through the entire message today because i got a word for those that are lost, i got a word for the prodigal sons and daughters, and i got a word for every believer that really is seeking to press into God. And I may not get to that word today, but... I will next Sunday. Pastor Jeff's going to be gone for two Sundays. Don't let that run you away. Please come back next Sunday. I'll have another little illustration. Matter of fact, if there's anybody in here that can, I need help for next Sunday. I need something constructed. It's not difficult, uh, but I need a little something constructed, and uh, I'll make sure you get the supplies. But uh, if you can see me, if you 
an artist, you build things, simple thing, uh, for next Sunday morning to see me after the service. The Lord sent me here today on purpose. He has instructed me to give you the message that I'm going to give you. And it's a message that uh, we hear Jesus giving to those that he saw. When he looked upon the multitude, he was moved with compassion. He saw the people as sheep without a shepherd. They'd lost direction for their life. And he spoke a message of hope to them. Matter of fact, I might as well just open up these umbrellas. Where are my, where are my helpers? Who's my helpers today? All right, I got two helpers. You might as well go over here on this side and you go ahead and open up those umbrellas and you get to stand all during church. Indoors, I don't believe in all that. I believe the Lord's going to bless those umbrellas being open. These two umbrellas are going to work. Just hold them up over your head because uh, you are in darkness. You've come to the light. Hey, no, notice something about these umbrellas. Which one's bigger? Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Isn't that good news? Let me read to you out of, and, I, and this is uh, the first scripture I'll read to you, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, you've heard it, you know it, but I'm going to read it to you out of the New Living Translation, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and verse, oh, we'll begin with, hang on, i got to get to the right one, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20. Says here, verse, let's give verse 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a brand new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to Himself through Christ. God has given us this task of reconciling people to Him. We get that task of getting everyone we can to be reconciled to God. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Now he's given us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ. We plead with you, Come back to God. Come to God. One translation says, we beg you, come to God. Jesus is not here in the flesh. He's in heaven, sitting by the right hand of the throne of God. And he's called you and me to be his representatives, to be his ambassadors. And he's called me today to come and plead with you, those that do not know the Lord, those that have never said yes to him, those that have not been forgiven of your sin, I'm here to beg you to come to Christ. Whatever I need to do to make that an easy decision for you, I hope today will be that day that you say yes to Jesus. I was saved 
in vacation Bible school. Back in, this is history lesson, 1959. I don't know who spoke the words that day or read the scripture about John 3.16, but somebody did. And I said yes, and was water baptized. And the Lord knew he needed to save me at an early age because I was a, I was a mess. I was mischievous and I was headed for some real trouble. I, you know, I, I did strange things. I, my dad got a, I, I said this in the first sermon, my dad got a cigar from someone that probably had had a baby. They used to give cigars away. And uh, my dad must have got that cigar and I found it. I tried to light it by the gas stove. Tried to smoke it. I was four years old. You know, I, well, I did some just then and some menace type stuff. And the Lord looked down and said, I better save that boy early. He's headed for trouble. God saved me. And I really have the greatest testimony that you can have, that you want your grandchildren to have and your children to have. One that I didn't think was so great because I'd hear all these evangelists and people come in and share their story of how they were in prison and murdered somebody and God saved them or God delivered them from drugs. And I didn't have any of that experience. I always thought, well, maybe I need to go do something like that so I can have me a good testimony. But I realized one day God spoke to me, son, you got the greatest testimony you can have of the keeping power of the Lord Jesus Christ. That in a dark, dark, unsaved world, God can keep us. God can keep, isn't that the testimony you want your children to have? Amen, it is. It's one I want my children and grandchildren to have of the keeping power of God. Well, I want to talk to you to, to those that may be here today that you've never said yes to Jesus. You're in darkness. And most people that are in darkness realize it. Oftentimes I've, I've gone out witnessing over the years and maybe I would ask someone, if you died today, do you know you would go to heaven? And somebody, some of those good old boys look at me and say, no, they just kind of laugh a little bit. Say, oh, no, I know where I'm going. I'm going straight to hell. Because they know what kind of life they're living. And they kind of laugh about it. A lot of people say, well, uh, if I go to hell, all my friends are going to go, so we'll just go have a big party. Well, it's not going to be a big party. You're going to be there, and it is going to be, you're thinking about darkness in this world now. It's going to be deep darkness. There will be no light there. And I'm here to plead with you, don't stay here. Join me over here, all right? in the light of life. I've, in the past few years, I've had a prayer I've been praying. You know what? I don't mind. I'm getting older. I'm in the latter season of my life. Matter of fact, I turned 71 just yesterday. Now, let me say something. I love having birthdays. I want to have a lot more of them. But getting older has given me a different perspective on the world we're living in and on my life. 
that I realized what I thought was so important when I was younger is not so important today. What I focus my attention on is not what I focus my attention on now. And so getting older is not so bad for me. And I've had a prayer, and I've been praying to the Lord. I pastored a church for 30 years, and I was so focused on, oh, i got to build this church. i got to get people to come. To, oh, i got Oh, where's the crowds? Where are the crowds? Where? And we young pastors used to have this kind of competition, believe it or not. How many people do you have today? No, how many people do you have today? And I'm realizing some of that was just so silly. It was not that important to me. I know what's important now to God, and I've been praying. Lord, I know what's important to you. Jesus came to this earth to do what? Seek and to save those that are lost. That's why he came. And I've been saying, Lord, I want your heart. He looked upon the multitudes with compassion. He looked upon the city of Jerusalem. And he wept tears over the city that he came to would not welcome him. And I said, let me have that heart, Lord that I'm weeping over the city and the people in it. I'm not angry at the people that are lost because lost people do what? Lost things. Why can I be, how can I be angry at lost people doing lost things? They don't know any better. They're in the darkness. Their eyes are blind. There was a pastor, I heard this story this week, there was a pastor, an evangelist. He was a visiting evangelist coming into their church. And the foyer was full of people as they were walking through. And he, the pastor noticed, the evangelist noticed the sign they had to post in the foyer of their church. Strange sign for a foyer of a church. But it said, please, no smoking here. Well, the evangelist had to go to the men's room. And he went and the pastor said, oh, man. He knew there was another sign in the restroom. Please, no smoking here. And he hurriedly grabbed the evangelist, took him back to his office. Oh, I got to explain why we had those signs up. He said, we're having such a revival. Many sinners, the unconverted, the lost, are coming to the church. And we had to let them know how they can behave in church, what they can do and what they cannot do. That's why we had to post those signs. And the evangelist told that story as he began to preach. And he said the church has lost something. We've lost the scent of sinners. We've become so country club oriented that we forget that we're really a hospital for those that are sick and dying. And today, I want you to know to every lost person within the sound of my voice, you are welcome in this house. Many people say, I don't want to go to church because there's too many hypocrites in church. Let me just say, I agree with you. There are a lot of hypocrites in church. I heard one preacher say, but have you ever gone to a health club? A fitness center? Have you ever walked through the door and seen a lot of fat people? 
And you look at them and go, this is to be a health club. You're not healthy. You're a bunch of hypocrites. Do you turn around and walk out the door because there's hypocrites at the... Maybe that's what the health center is all about, to get people healthy. Maybe that's what the church is all about. We're there to help people get healthy, come out of darkness into the light. Now, let me read to you, and if you've got your Bibles, I ask you to turn with me uh, to the book of uh, Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. Jesus is relating a parable, and he says this in verse 9. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, that's a religious person, and the other was a despised tax collector, a sinner. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. God, thank you, God, that I'm not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like tax collectors. I fast twice a week. I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift up his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful merciful to me, I am a sinner. I tell you this, sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. God loves the sinner. He despises the Pharisee. Those that think they're better than they really are. And I want to have the heart of Jesus. I want to love sinners right into the kingdom of God. I've come today to speak to those that are lost. If you're lost, most of you, you know it. You're not living the life that you know that the Bible talks about or you hear preachers preach about. You're not living that life. But I'm here to let you know today, Jesus loves you where you're at. Now, he does not expect you to stay where you're at. He's given you a way out. And I'm coming today to offer you a way out of this right here. Out of the despair. We're living in a world. Man, I cannot imagine what it would be like to be lost, spiritually speaking, in this day and age. Can you imagine what it would be like to be in darkness today? To have, you're full of despair and you see all the media posts and everything that's going on and they, they talk about the last days, they're talking about aliens landing in the backyards of a home in Las Vegas. They're talking about, all. you're going, oh no, what are we going to do? And you have no hope. 
And some people that come to that place in this darkness, the devil is so faithful. And he doesn't play fair. He whispers in their ear. It's doom and gloom. There's no hope. And life and this world would be better if you just weren't in it. Why don't you just take your own life? And this world, let me just say something about this old world we're living in. It's grabbed a hold of that, that lie and that deception too. And they're opening up clinics that people just say, my life's not worth living. I'm making a decision. I want to take my life. And now they are having assisted suicides. That's how dark this world is. That's a lie of the enemy. God created you with purpose. He's got a plan for your life. And I do not want you to die in your sin, in that darkness. I want you to join me in the light. Oh, I like it over here. This has nothing to do with you personally. But I do, I like it over here in the light. I like living in this world knowing I've got hope. I wake up in the morning and I'm not in despair. I wake in the morning, I go to my place of prayer. I say, oh Lord, thank you for the hope that I have in you. What do you want me to do today? I've got purpose. A few years ago, I stopped pastoring my church and turned it over to a younger man and Many people say, what's it like to retire? I said, retire? We don't retire. I merely went in to being president of a network of churches where I get to travel and pastor pastors. I said, this is fun. And I'm saying, Lord, give me the strength to do what you called me to do. I celebrate my birthday. We have in our family, I've got three grandchildren that also have birth, uh, birthdays in June, and my wife has a birthday in June. I have a birthday in June. So we celebrated Friday night when they just all happened to be in town, and we had a great celebration. My son goes around the table. He's always asking us questions that make us think, and he said, what age are you looking forward to turning to? Thought about it a minute. He said, I think I'm looking forward to turning the old over to 100 but I only want to do that if I'm still strong, continuing to do what God's called me to do. If I continue to have a hunger for the lost. I was talking to a young man, a, a gent, not a young man, but he retired. And I asked him, I said, what are you doing nowadays? He said, well, I, I'm, I work crossword puzzles and read books. I, I thought to myself, that's it? Work crosswood puzzles and read books. That's all you have to look forward to when you wake up in the morning. Boy, I'm so grateful that Jesus is giving me hope and he's giving me a vision for my future. And the future includes people that do not know him. I've asked God, God, give me a hunger to reach people that are lost. Because I realize the most important thing in this world is not the stuff I can accumulate. I accumulated some stuff. I had a four-bedroom house, and we downsized, and I had to get rid of a lot of stuff. And we moved into a little condo and just a 
two-bedroom condo, not very big. And guess what? My wife filled it up again. I said, you know, we don't need to buy anything else. We got enough stuff. We don't need stuff. Because I realize stuff is not that important. Grateful that God gives us stuff from time to time. But that's not what is important. What's important is how many people can we take with us to heaven. That's what's important to me. If you're here today and you do not know the Lord, I got some good news for you. You can. You can come out of darkness. You can come in to light. Some people are lost in their goodness, like that Pharisee was. Some are lost, like that little coin was. Lost. Where was that coin lost when Jesus told that parable? Lost in the house. Lost in the house. You know, you can be lost and still attend church. You can be lost in the house. But I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to sweep like that little widow did. Trying to get the dirt, trying to find that lost coin. Good news is Jesus is willing to get into your dirt. He wrote in the dirt when that woman who was a sinner stood before him as an adulterer. And he wrote in the dirt. Jesus is willing to get in your dirt. I'm willing to get in your dirt. I'll sweep till I find you. You can be lost in the house. So you can join us in heaven. Now then, I got another word, not only for the lost, but I got a word for the prodigals. Johnny, he used to be a, a prodigal. Told me he was. Believe him. He was a prodigal. What are prodigals? Prodigals are some people that they've come, they've known the Lord, maybe at a young age. Maybe they were in vacation Bible school and they said yes to Jesus. Something happened in their life. I don't know what it was. But they begin to wander away from the Lord. Now they have a kind of a little lifeline to the Lord. But they wander away. Prodigal. Sons and daughters just wander, wander, wander away. Just keep on walking. They get so far, sometimes, out of sight, you can't even see them. Where are they gone? What was the prodigal son? He'd gone so far, wasted his inheritance on worldly living. He'd gone so far. He's a Jew now, Jewish young man. What's he doing? Feeding pigs. And he said, came so hungry, he said, man, I'd be willing to eat some of the pods pigs are eating if they'd just give, give me some. But no one was willing to give him any. Then one day when he came to the end of his rope, he said to himself, boy, I remember my father's house. He has some servants. And his servants, they have a place to stay and food to eat. I know what I'll do. I'll go back to my father's house. And he had this big speech. I'll just say, Lord, Father, I'm not worthy to be your son. I'll just be your servant. He didn't know that the father had been looking day after day. One day he saw his son coming. He ran toward him. And before that son could start his speech, the father said, hey, servants, come here. Get him some sandals for his feet. Get him a robe, that best one we got back there. Hey, that fatty calf we've been feeding, 
Get him ready. We're about to have a party because my son that was lost has come home. Now, some people like, John, I need you to drop that for a moment. I need you to take on another role for me. He's lost again. The Bible says, and you might remember this when I spoke to you some months ago about out of the book of Jude, Jude 23 and 24. Talking about reaching those that have wandered away or lost. And there's some you can have compassion on and show them mercy. And they'll say yes. They'll come out of their darkness. Some all you gotta do is you go over there and just love on them, just tell them about the love of Jesus. You love them, say, Man, we love you. We love Jesus loves sinners. Man, he wants you. And you show them a little mercy. And guess what? They'll say, Man, I want some of that. And they'll come over here to the light. But others, you'll remember this when I tell you in just a moment. Others, it says in Jude, is that others, they're under the fire of judgment. And we have to do what? We've got to reach in to that fire and pull them out lest they die in their sin. And you bring them in. Sometimes with hellfire and brimstone, some people, I say, you can love the hell out of them. Some people, you've got to scare the hell out of them. I don't mind hellfire and brimstone preaching because some people, that's the only way they're going to pay attention. I say some people need a spiritual tube before upside the head for they'll pay attention. And I pray that for people. Lord, I don't know what that spiritual tube before, spiritual tube before. Upside their head's going to be. But you know how to get people's attention. Jesus loved prodigal sons and daughters. And he knows where they're at right now. Physically, spiritually, emotionally. Some of you have some of those in your own family. I got a word for you today. A promise you need to claim. You ready? 2 Samuel 14, 14. 2 Samuel 14, 14. And I'm reading this out of the New Living Translation. Oh, this is a great promise. 2 Samuel 14, 14. All of us must die eventually. Our lives are like water spilled out on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again. But God does not just sweep life away. Instead, He devises ways to bring us back when we're separated from Him. Think about that. He... God right now is devising ways to bring prodigal sons and daughters back to him because they're separated from him. That's a promise. I pray because I pray for some prodigal sons and daughters. I pray for some that are, Lord, devise a way for them to come to know you. And for some of you that are here today, guess what? He devised this way today. He had me come as his ambassador, to let you know God does not want you to die without knowing him. Someone said, I don't believe in a, lo- a loving God would ever send anybody to hell. Absolutely, you're right. 
God does not send anyone to hell. He doesn't. Hell was not created for us. It was created for the devil and his angels. But the only way we cannot go to hell in eternity without God is to say yes, because we're all sinners. We're born in this world a sinner. We didn't know the Lord. Our forefathers, Adam and Eve, had sinned against God and turned their back on God, and now we're all born that way. We got our back turned to God. And he's doing everything in the world we live in to keep you from going this way and dying without knowing him. He's sending warnings. Oh, don't go this way. If you take that bridge, it's out. You're going to die. Hey, hey, stop. He's devising ways to stop you from going that way. He sent me here to say, no, you don't have to go that way. Don't go that way. If you go that way, you're going to die in your sin. Come follow me. There's a bridge that leads to life eternal. You're that person. He's devising ways. God's going to use you to say, hey, let me tell you, there's hope. God's going to use you for the glory of God. Now, just leave, just stay there just for a moment. We're going to pray and I'm going to ask our prayers, if they would, those that are here that are prayers only in this altar. We're going to be here in this altar. If you're lost, please don't leave today lost. Because this world is, as they say, going to hell in a handbasket. We don't want you in that basket, all right? We want you out of that basket. We want you into the, that which brings life. And we want to lead you to him today. It's not hard. Admit that you're a sinner. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Confess him with your lips, with your mouth. And guess what happened? You'll come in to his salvation. You'll come under the light of his salvation. If you're a prodigal son or daughter, all I can say is welcome home. If you have a prodigal son or daughter, granddaughter, grandson, I'm going to ask you to do something. I want you to get out a piece of paper, if you've got paper, and write their first name on that. I'm going to gather those up, and I'm going to take them with me. In the morning when I wake up from my prayer time, I'm going to lay my hands on them, and I'm going to pray, God, Devise a way for this son or daughter to come back to you. I don't know what it's going to take. God's going to do it. Listen to me. Something may shake them up. And for some of you, you can't rescue them. Because God's the one shaking them. God's the one saying, it's me. I'm knocking. But I want to come into agreement with you that your sons and daughters are going to return to him. Maybe fathers or mothers are going to return to him. He loves you so much. 
And so you just bring those and you can lay them on the altar. We'll pray over them before we leave. But I'm here waving my arms today. Let's stand together and let's pray. Father, Lord, for those who are watching online, Lord, I'm standing here saying they don't have to go the way of the bridge that's out. Lord, they can come and walk across the bridge of life. And Lord, I pray for those that may be in this room right now that they've never said yes to you. This is the day of salvation for them. If you're a prodigal son or daughter, come into this altar. Let us pray with you and welcome you home. If you have the name of a prodigal son or daughter, you bring them here and we're going to pray over them as we worship, as we sing. Pastor Ronnie, just lead us. If that's you, just come. If you've got that name, bring it. If you're lost, you need salvation, you come bring it. Thank you, man. Bless you, my friend. We'll pray over these. names on a piece of paper. These are individuals he's created. And more than you and me, he he longs for them to come to know him and not reject him. Now he could save them. He sent Jesus to this earth so they could be saved, but he could do something that just supernatural just plucked them. But he's chosen to use us to stand in the gap 
And I want to stand in the gap between these prodigals and those that are lost. The enemy's after them. I know it. The enemy's lied to them. They've been deceived. That's all it is. Blinders have been put on their eyes. They believe the lie of the enemy. But I believe we have some authority over all the authority of the enemy. I believe we can pull down strongholds, cast down vain imaginations that are keeping your sons and daughters, your loved ones from him. Man, what a great harvest that is right there. And no one has gone too far. Look at the apostle Paul, Saul. Not gone too far. That's a lie of the enemy. Some don't come back because they feel such shame. We're going to break shame off of them right now. For their shame, listen, Isaiah 61, 7. For their shame, they will have double honor. Can you imagine that? I love honor. How about double honor? For all their confusion, they're going to rejoice when they come to the light. When they come into their portion of His grace and His mercy. That's my God. Lord, we stand here in this altar. Lord, I hold a bucket of names, but Lord, there's so much more than that. There are people that you loved and you gave your life for. You were willing to die for them. And Lord, we pray for them right now. We speak to that enemy that has lied to them, that is deceiving them, that is shaming them, that is confusing them. We speak to that enemy right now. Stop it. That's enough. And Lord, we're speaking life. Lord, you're devising a way for every one of our loved ones to come to know you. And Lord, we're in agreement for that right now. Lord, I know this is your will. Lord, you said if two of us would agree it's touching anything, you'd give us what we ask for. And Lord, we're just asking you for what's on your heart. That the lost be saved. Prodigals, come home. And let it be for your glory, we pray. In Jesus' name. Everybody say, Amen. Well, I got vision. I got a. I got to wake up in the morning. You know why? I got a prayer meeting to go to. What's that? Summer fun. I'm going to have some summer fun. This is fun to me right here. This is fun to me. Summer fun. If you haven't signed up for summer fun, you can sign up today right outside the door, okay? Let's all have fun together. Next week, I got another word. Something that God revealed to me that I, I've not seen before. Somebody else has seen it. I've not seen it. But I'm going to give it to you next week, and it's a good word. We're going to continue on this. The promises of God. Let's shout before we go out, all right? Let's just shout, saved, all right? And we're claiming that all over our lives, our family, and all over this world. You ready on the count of three? One, two, three, saved!